Hello everyone, welcome back to Where is the Music podcast. Uh, thank you for tuning back in again with me. Um, before we start, I just want to uh, say that uh, if you feel like um, uh, what you want to support this podcast, you uh, can find uh, the Patreon account where you can become a patron of it and uh, send uh, uh, any kind of uh, amount can be just a few dollars uh, uh, the amount for just a coffee or something more anything you will be greatly appreciated and um, the link for the for the account uh, patreon should be available directly from the page where you're listening this podcast from whether it's a uh, spotify apple or, or somewhere else um, that should be uh, able uh, that should be happening i should be able to to make it happening uh, so today i know that the title of this episode is probably provoking some outrage in uh, a few of you uh, rock is dead how dare you say something like that well, the, the motivation for this podcast comes from a uh, general sense of chaos that I often perceive when I hear how musical genres are uh, discussed, uh, meaning with little or no attention at all for what the term genre or style uh, might mean. Uh, often even very musical um, people, it very educated musicians uh, let's say by virtue of being expert in one or another kind of music tend to uh, overlook quite significant aspects of uh, other kinds of music at university <coughs> i remember i learned that uh, musical instruments uh, are described uh, and grouped uh, defined in ways that are not very consistent for example a violin is a string instrument, of course, because it has four strings. Uh, but a guitar has six strings and uh, is defined as a fretted instrument. Uh, it's quite confusing if you think uh, about a string quartet. What uh, are you picturing? Violins or guitars? Um, piano, on a different note, is a a percussion instrument like like drums uh, but piano has a lot more strings than a violin um, oboe or bassoon uh, are woodwind uh, trumpet is a brass uh, the lesson I remember uh, showed how in the category of musical instruments sometimes uh, it's the material that defines the group of instruments, in the case, for example, of brass. Sometimes the means of production, in the case, for example, of woodwind, uh, wind that goes through the wood. Sometimes it's the player action on the instrument, like in the case of percussion, that describe that, um, that uh, speaks of the main feature of the instrument. And in this case, percussion is similar between uh, drums and piano so there is uh, I mean the moment you start looking at this you realize that there is a bit of confusion and I feel the same confusion happens for musical genres that's why I brought the, the example of musical instruments up 
one would expect that a genre of music is defined by its stylistic features, the way it sounds. It is probably the way we tend to use these terms in conversation, uh, terms like rock, classical or jazz, but uh, I, I don't think it's the case and I hope that this episode will make uh, some clearance, uh, will help you make some clearance on a topic of uh, uh, such importance. After all, if we talk about music, knowing and agreeing on what kind of music are we talking about should be of primary importance. Uh, in a way, the distinctions, the way I see it, uh, the distinction we're about to make are similar uh, to the distinction between language, grammar and style in literary form. If anything, the chaos we are about to unfold speaks of how poor is communication and language with regards to describing music if uh, compared to how intuitively we identify different sounds, instruments, styles and genres. So I will be discussing rock, jazz, pop and classical music. Let's start simple, uh, classical music. When we think of classical music, we think of music related to a period before modern contemporary times. And by extension, everything that happened before today may fall in the category of classical. But to be precise, classical identifies a specific period. The classical composer were Haydn, Mozart and Beethoven. Uh, a style of music that became deeply significant for posterity, still to today, through which modernity defines almost everything else. Uh, music is often uh, described as uh, pre-classical or not classical or anti-classical or with some references to classical. In university I was taught to distinguish between classical music with the capital letter referring to that period, uh, roughly between uh, 1750 to 1826, which is uh, the birth of Mozart and the death of uh, Beethoven. Um, and classical music, I was saying, with a capital letter, and classical music with lowercase letter, referring to everything that is not modern nor contemporary, which is obviously a much broader container. Um, but at one level deeper we find that the classical period, the one of Haydn, Mozart and Beethoven, has established an attitude towards music expression, creation and fruition that influenced musical history since then. The style of those composers was so significant that the whole musical language was reshaped and adjusted according to it. Later musicians in Europe could not avoid the influence of Haydn, Mozart, nor Beethoven when writing music. Today we often show the qualities of later music by comparing it to those of the classical period and describe the music of 17th or early 18th century as pre-classical, as if composers were creating their style 
in an attempt to approach a finalized version of it, the, the classical style. Today, many would even agree that uh, uh, the idea that the music of Bach, uh, Handel or Scarlatti often displays solutions that pronounce classical style as if they were unconsciously driven towards it. Uh, this last point, in my, in my opinion, betrays a vision of history highly uh, deterministic, as if art is following a trajectory from less to more progressed uh, or advanced, as if, for example, Brahms and Wagner understood better music than Bach and Handel did. And like Debussy and Stravinsky then understood better music than Brahms and Wagner. So it might be eventually useful uh, for a variety of reasons to learn music history through a single trajectory of uh, uh, development or stylistic advancement. But it's also dangerous because it blinds us uh, from the appreciation of each style as authentically tied to the aesthetic sensitivity of its time. Um, one example uh, of how misleading uh, this uh, deterministic view of history can, can be might be offered by uh, the year of uh, invention of the piano. Uh, many of you might know that um, it was invented at the beginning of the 1700 and uh, the fact that it hasn't been uh, to been taken up by the greatest composer of the time uh, it tells something about uh, uh, what's the real role of uh, uh, technical progress uh, the invention of the piano one which one would intuitively consider as uh, at the time an advancement from let's say the the harpsichord and or, or the organ uh, this today these two instruments are sometimes called uh, considered at least early versions of piano uh, but the, uh, the hammer action that defines the mechanics of the modern piano was brought to life by uh, Bartolomeo Cristofori in the early 1700s so the instrument piano uh, was available already then but has not been used by composers until many decades after its invention and famously Bach wasn't interested at all in it. This speaks about uh, this idea of, uh, of uh, progress and advancement uh, in art. Uh, it is possibly the case that uh, the piano was not in line with the uh, perception of beauty or uh, expression of uh, uh, ideas of the early 1700 but um, it was probably uh, better suited to uh, later on types of uh, creativity so classical music is not a genre it is uh, at once a period in history either the period of Haydn, Mozart and Beethoven or everything before today depending on the context alternatively it is a style of music meaning music that is created following particular techniques and with particular aesthetic aims in mind for example the use of tonal harmony or the use of non-electric instruments uh, or 
music fully written on a score by a single composer is another, mm, another example but today the term is a hybrid of uh, everything it's very confusing to me uh, a living composer that writes scores of tonal music for acoustic instrument is often called classical uh, for example like in Audi uh, as you see uh, in this case classical the term classical refers to a style of making music when classical music is used to identify a genre it is only uh, geographic and historic borders that can contain the definition the music written in Europe before modern times though is too vast and varies to fit adequately into one large umbrella if you want to read more about how the classical composers Haydn, Mozart and Beethoven have created a style so influential that modified the musical language and eventually became a modern reference for the entire output of Western European music. I recommend the first chapters of the classical style by Charles Rosen. It's a, a dense and heavy book, uh, but in those opening chapters uh, it's, it's quite remarkable in outlining the reason of how this was done. But next we have jazz. Jazz is a container for everything and anything. The case for jazz as a music genre is even more interesting to me than the classical one because uh, it relates to the whole Western world, not just Europe. And uh, depending for uh, the most part on non-written music, w by that I mean music that is transmitted orally or, or through recordings. So it is at once written, non-written, and recorded. So with jazz we are looking at music that has originated in America in the early decades of uh, 1900 and uh, the actual stylistic origins are difficult to point out. Uh, African rhythms, work songs, gospel singing, blues, street bands, musicals, and dancing music, improvised music, and probably the list continues for, for a bit. Each of these styles of making music is not jazz per se, and jazz does not need to refer to each to be true jazz. Jazz is not depending on a geographic area, so it's not a, an American phenomenon, or even though it has started there. Uh, Europe has been making great jazz. It's not a language, uh, every European Non-English culture has appropriated idioms and even tunes from the jazz songbook. And, uh, and of course, it's not uh, depending on uh, an ethnicity or not even a time period. Um, it's probably a style. Is jazz a style then? Possibly. If you think of those uh, characteristics of jazz styles that make a tune sound jazz, then yes, anything really can be jazz. 
For example, a tune such as Embraceable You by Gershwin goes like this. So this tune has a um, score, an original score written by George Gershwin, but therefore contradicts a bit the oral tradition of jazz. And it has also many later versions interpreted by uh, a variety of jazz artists. So which version is the right version of Embraceable You? It's easy to say none of them, but then if they are all jazz version, but none is the right version of Embraceable You, that means that Embraceable You is definitely not a jazz tune. I mean, all those versions are, but not the original one. That's interesting, huh? So the term jazz standard helps us in this uh, confusion. It is a tune, a standard is a tune that has been interpreted in many different ways that has survived the decades and has inspired artists and listeners alike so much that has become a standard piece of music onto which musicians develop their take. So Embraceable You is not a jazz tune but has entered the jazz repertoire by virtue of having inspired artists for generations so that each can express their individual style through a composition that already uh, carries some meaning for the listener. Um, so individual style then is the currency. A jazz artist is someone who takes an existing material Embraceable You, and develops it through their personal taste. A composition such as Embraceable You acts like an idea, perhaps originated at some point by someone and written down, in this case by George Gershwin, an idea that travels through uh, conversations and takes uh, slightly different shapes depending on who is expressing it at one time. There are compositions that are created to be interpreted, uh, like artists such as Miles Davis or Charles Mingus famously sketched their ideas and wanted their collaborators to add their own. Often there isn't an original version of it, the, the, the first recording of it becoming uh, the closest things, uh, the closest uh, thing to the original there is. So transitioning from one form to another, transformation is possibly what defines jazz at its core, which is the opposite of classical music where every interpretation we hear is directly related to an original version, enigmatically enclosed in the score. If transition and transformation are key to jazz music, what emerges is the intrinsic 
collaborative nature of jazz as a kind of music. I'm deliberately avoiding the term style or genre. Um, if I play jazz, what I'm doing is referring to pre-existing material, a tune, a chord, a sequence, a rhythm, a technique, or just a vision, however defined, and making it mine. I'll ornament and modify it with the idioms I took from other influences. A bluesy note or a swing rhythm, which is another way of collaborating with the language. Uh, or I'll improvise in the manner I'm most familiar with, or that I enjoy the most, which also reflects the musical influences I had so far. So this is to highlight the collaborative nature uh, of jazz. What is jazz today? Everything that involves transformation as the artistic aim of a performance. No wonder why very often the term improvisation is used interchangeably with the term jazz nowadays. Improvisation is considered the evidence that we are hearing jazz. Does that mean that if I am improvising, I am by default playing jazz? Not at all. One can improvise in a million different styles. Jazz is the one type of music that demands your improvisation to be the appropriate balance between the style at hand, whether it is swing, boogie, dixie, bebop, avant-garde, bossa, and your individual personal voice. Whether you can improvise in a classical style or in uh, Indian raga or in uh, Arabic scales or in a Balkan rhythms, you must adhere to the idioms of that style. While in jazz, the artist is one who masters the idiom so well that his or her personality shines through it, individually unique and impossible to mistake for someone else's. This is why the history of jazz is the history of the artists who made jazz. Without individuals, there is no interpretation, there is no transformation, no jazz. Here we see the strong balance between uh, collaboration and individualism that uh, had this very American music capturing the entire world. Is jazz a style then? I think it is more of an attitude towards creativity, a way of modifying existing material. Any tune can become jazz if treated properly. Any musical material can become idiomatic and be used, reused, transformed, interpreted if the goal is to express individuality within a collaborative environment. Of course, jazz artists employ musical styles. You can hear everything from blues to swing, from gospel to rhythm blues, from boogie to bebop. The term jazz fusion is exemplary, uh, since there could be no other way of describing a kind of music that within one track will mix and mash all sorts of disparate jazz and world influences. It is a way of avoiding the problem of labeling music with a genre. Today, jazz is open 
as it should to everything not being a style it allows no boundaries to expressive devices or solutions the next case is pop music pop in a way it's an easier case to make in my opinion um, as a music phenomenon it is historically and creatively entangled with the market of musical media consumption on mass scales uh, without radio tv tv internet we would hardly have any pop artists at all that being said i think we should look at pop music with the curious eye and ear of those who want to make sense of it rather than feeling contempt about it and contempt um, might arise as one understands how pop artworks are created paying significant attention to what sells at one time when um, creativity is compromised or looks like being compromised by sales or when we have a feeling that an artist has been corrupted by success and fame then we can't but feel cheated as the art they present is no longer authentic in the years i learned to separate between my feelings toward a musician and his her music and the pop musical phenomenon considered more broadly something that includes the artist the music the public sphere the artist's performances and the public persona the impact on the listener and on the cultural environment the pop artist for example is not just a very unique musical voice too often they are singers by the way isn't it a bit coincidental as for the fact that <coughs> as a famous comedian puts it too often they are also young and sexy isn't it a bit too coincidental no why the greatest pop artist of the time has never been an ugly old dude bald with a broken leg isn't it something to ponder about <laughs> so a pop artist is also a mixture of uh, stylistic dimensions uh, someone who dresses and speaks and usually who cares for non-politically correct causes someone who inhabits various worlds at the same time the creative type someone who sees commonalities among widely diverse worlds like music and poetry and as many great songwriters have done is capable of pairing music with words in ways that are new and inspiring often their music with words come with the way of performing a unique style of public appearance an exuberant extravagant totally unique position on social or political issues a confident often stubborn nevertheless appealing attitude of uh, my way or the highway this is to say that there is more to pop music that meets the eye perhaps a good pop song is delivering subliminally a wide range of sensations that are linked to all sorts of dimensions beyond the uh, emotional 
sense of rebellion towards the authorities, uh, maybe physical attraction, uh, maybe freedom of expression, ideas that are hybrid and non-categoric, I mean the sense of uh, boldness and self-confidence, etc. I'm taking probably a long road to say that to achieve all of that, a pop song needs to be open to everything, literally everything, musical and non-musical, and at the same time needs to be a very accurate detailed selection and balance of the chosen elements, because the goal is to appeal to the right public in the right way. In a way, it must be very easy to digest at first hearing, meaning each style and technical device employed needs to be selected and distilled carefully. For example, we can hear a blues reference, but not a blues improvisation, uh, just enough to let us wander in that bluesy direction, but not too much to get lost there. And in another way, it must be absolutely unique in its mix of elements meaning absolutely original in its final form. I find funny that so many people, often musically educated, describe the creative effort behind uh, successful pop music as trivial, irrelevant, insignificant. Since the song is made with four chords, it looks to them as if it is easy to do. Truth is that the perfect balance of all the elements in it, so that the tune has some chance to be noticed, not even liked or, or, or demanded, but it's, it's just a very delicate job of artists and producers. And for, <coughs> for the big labels, we're talking about teams of producers and sound engineers, people for which uh, the core sequence is the least of the problems. For example, which sound out of 3,000 should the guitar have and why? Which notes exactly? Is it a 92 beat per minute or a 94 beat per minute? How much reverb should the voice have in the verse versus the chorus and why? Each choice might affect positively or negatively the world of emotional connections experienced by the listener so it is reasonable that a pop tune is defined better by all the musical influences it carries rather than its chord sequence for this reason pop is a genre in my estimation everything is allowed as long as the choice aims at triggering a reaction from the listener the same tune will be liked by one listener because of the lyrics, by another because of the bluesy vocals, by another because of the rock beat, by another because of the country style guitars used in the verse, and by another because of the dancing grooves and moves, by another because of the visual appeal projected by the artist. Yes, pop artists are visual artists thanks to also music videos and CD booklets etc. Certain stylistic choices then don't match the genre. For example, uh, an instrumental solo 
that is longer than a certain number of seconds might distract from the core idea of the tune uh, or maybe a whole song longer than three minutes might challenge the attention span of a younger listener to which most pop music is eventually directed it is a genre that wants original versions of a song in this way it is different from jazz and more like classical music the original tune is the reference by which to elevate the other instances a live performance an interpretation by another artist a cover version and only in pop and rock as we shall see uh, a tune the original of course can become a classic meaning it has crossed uh, many generation gaps sustained the commercial competition for decades sometimes survived its creators and have become a standard for evaluating the rest yesterday by the beatles for example is a classic it is very difficult to sing yesterday today and not be booed daring to touch a song like that is at your own risk one must be very talented and have something very unique to add to it in order to win the demands imposed by the genre in this case triggering popular emotions while being authentic and the restrictions imposed by the authority in this case represented by the Beatles themselves so a genre of music like pop might employ styles of music like blues like country or swing each style is, is is a language a collection of techniques and expressive devices that are highly idiomatic and recognizable a genre might be open to any new idioms as long as they don't conflict with the basic goals which in the case of pop have to do with appeal to popular taste on a different note, rock was a genre and now it is a style. are not related to how much rock is meant to me in my personal music upbringing neither are a quality judgment on individual bands or artists in the rock area i grew up personally with uh, led zeppelin the queen jimi hendrix and many more artists that define rock as a music genre uh, my take in this context is that as per musical instruments that are sometimes identified by the material they are built with sometimes by the way sounds is produced with them uh, rock points at a kind of music that is at once a style of expression for example loud electric guitars heavy drum beats uh, also is a social statement typically rebellion against some authority but also is an opportunity for social cohesion mostly for the young uh, by giving for example a voice uh, to sometimes very personal 
issues or feeling like alienation or, or love so this is to say that rock is not just about music compared to pop rock does seem to be more restrictive in terms of what choices allow for inclusion in the genre top elements are the presence of at least one electric guitar historically the signature of rock forms and song structures tend to be very simple as rock music is not written sometimes not even a sketch but there are obviously exceptions relying only on the talents in the band to memorize and reconstruct the form of the tune each time instrumental improvisation like uh, guitar or solo drums is usually fairly limited being instrumental expertise subordinate to other dimensions of expression with few exceptions of course Hendrix for example is an unsurpassed guitar player till today although there are other kinds of improvisation like uh, for example band that stay on a chord for 10 minutes during a live performance while the lead singer speaks to the crowd or uh, Jimi Hendrix once again destroying his guitar on stage are uh, different kinds of improvisation so the social cohesion aspect of a rock concert seems to be the main reference to have if we want to find the essence of rock songs needs to sound as the public knows them from the records therefore there is an element of popular appeal but the live event is the only occasion when they are brought to life in a real sense not the recording in this way rock bands and particularly rock singer act in a similar way to priests officers in charge of a social event that carries many elements of a religious ritual by the way all musical events involving a way or another some kind of rituals shared by musicians and listeners but rock concerts since Woodstock do place a particular interest in this in that aspect of the performance creating musical experiences where the audience is allowed and encouraged to join through dancing all the way to hypnosis no wonder why the make love don't make war people the hippie phenomenon and psychedelics in the 70s have found in rock music a comfortable home and here is my bold claim rock is dead it seems to me that the social and political conditions that brought rock to the forefront of the musical culture no longer exist so the determination to rebel against established authority has no more trajectory forward in the 80s and 90s the greatest rock bands were swallowed by the market and it couldn't have been otherwise so the message of rebellion coming from them were becoming less and less strong and less needed by their listeners who were quite happy to accept the social compromises brought by modern consumerism so are you saying that since the 70s there is nothing to rebel against of course not there is plenty but rock cannot do it or at least hasn't done it
from outspoken and bold stances uh, against wars and money for open love, freedom and social rights. Rock has adjusted its target to more personal issues and social alienation. Think of uh, the song Creep by Radiohead in 1993. Or topics uh, of faith. Think of uh, Losing My Religion by R.E.M. in 1991. And the evergreen themes of love and friendship, but also themes like sex, death, alcohol, drugs, fame. A separate case possibly should be made for other types of rebellion like the anarchic punk, but that will probably require a different episode. This is also not to say that since the 70s rock music is bad, not at all. I believe that rock from the 80s and 90s particularly is great, possibly because that's the one I grew up with. The music is great, the concerts were amazing, the performers and artists valuable beyond comparison. But they were stylistic, representative of a genre that wasn't there anymore. Since the 70s rock has become a style and with that artists had to adhere to the core values, the techniques, the rituals, the principle behind the cultural establishment of rock, represented by the gods of reverence, uh, Mick Jagger or Freddie Mercury. And with the death of rock comes the sense of romantic nostalgia, which is at once part of the original themes of rock itself, Nostalgia for a free world governed by purity and goodness, where we all were young and beautiful. And also uh, nostalgia for what has been missing since. A true soul of rock, expressed by individual artists, for example Jagger, Hendrix, or Freddie Mercury, or even Kurt Cobain, who lifted the spirit of rock up for everyone to see. And for those who notice that Freddie Mercury and Kurt Cobain were rock stars mostly after the 70s, it's worth noting that a rock fan gets involved usually with a small range of artists and bands. Coincidentally, the involves begin in the teenager years, and also coincidentally, the involvement lasts a lifetime, to the general exclusion of most other bands. One might argue that the story of young rebellion that slowly, with age, turns into moderate acceptance, flavored with nostalgia for a past of rebellion and purity, is pretty much the same story regardless of the decade you were brought up as a teenager and regardless of what rock band exactly you were listening to. Rock today sounds as good as always and great artists have developed and refined it but if you think that rock is more than just music then what is rock standing for or against today is it a unifying force that transcends languages and culture to meet people in peace against wars and corruption or it acts as if it was such force when I listen to my favorite rock songs, I often feel how I am very consciously maintaining alive my own delusion. A very sweet one, 
filled with electricity and nostalgia. And I wonder whether the artist know how much I need that delusion not to leave me. In conclusion, classical music is either a big container of music written in Europe somewhere in the past, which is uh, a quite useless definition, or is the music of Haydn, Mozart and Beethoven. Therefore, is a style of composing, an aesthetic purpose. Jazz is neither a genre nor a style, is for me a way of making music, a way to interpret, transforming existing music in a, an individual way. If a term is needed, I would choose the term language for jazz. Jazz is an oral musical language. Pop instead is a genre, it's a huge container of all sorts of influences much whatever is considered popular that is distilled for public appeal but rock was a genre when it was alive and now it is a style sometimes done well sometimes not i hope i <laughs> haven't annoyed any of my rock fan listeners please get in touch if you like to comment on uh, on this and um, thank you for tuning in thank you for listening um, and uh, i will see you the next time on where is the music podcast <laughs>